Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from January 24th by Pastor Randy, titled, Reset, What It Takes to Reconnect with God. So here's the thing about looking throughout the history of Israel is that they had to be reminded over and over and over again that God had delivered them from Egypt. And why had he done that? He had done that so they would be connected to him, so they'd have a strong connection with him. And in the same way, God has to remind us over and over and over again that Jesus delivered us from sin. And what was the purpose for that? The same reason, the same purpose, so that we might have a strong connection to him. And we need to be reminded of that, especially in our culture today, because we live in a culture where people have a very weak connection to God, if at all. I mean, that should be obvious. If anything ought to be obvious, that should be obvious today because we have a Christian culture that really has no desire just to be with him. Uh, people don't go through the day going, boy, I just want to spend some time and just be with God. There, there's, there's no love. People just need to learn how to love over again. There, there's no humility. There, there's no submission. There, there's no forgiveness uh, as God's forgiven us. There's, there's chasing after the things of the world. There's being consumed with the worries of the world. And we could go on and on and on and on with Reasons why that connection is weak or evidences that that connection is weak if, if, existence, if it's even existent at all. And so what we've been doing the past couple of weeks is we have been going over things that you can do to reestablish that connection to God. Things our Christian culture has to not discover but rediscover in order to have that strong connection to God. The first thing we said is that you connect to God through his living and abiding word. And I encourage you all to, to get into scripture, to get in, into, into the, the Bible. Uh, one chapter a day in Matthew, and some of you, I know you're still doing that, and some of you kind of slacked off a little bit. Some of you need reminded, as occasionally some do, that you got to do that uh, to uh, to, to get into God's word every day. Because some, not some of you, I would wager to believe that probably very few in here have been in God's word 28 days straight ever in their life. And so to get into God's word, to make an observation, God, what are you saying to me? God, how, how does this word apply to my life? And then you got the observation and the application, then tell God, thank you for the observation and help, and help you to apply that to your life. So that's that uh, acrostic boat, uh, the Bible observation, application, and tell God thank you. And then the second thing we went over is that we connect to God or we need to reconnect to reset our life with God through prayer. Because so many times we just have the wrong idea about prayer. We think prayer is just God, hey, here's my list and here's my 10 things. What if you just came before God and you didn't have a list? God, please heal him, bless me, do this, do that. What if you just came before God and you did not have a list? In fact, Jesus says, Father already knows what you need before you ask. What would you do in prayer? What would your prayer be about? When you answer that question, you're about to discover what prayer really is all about. Being with him and in his presence. And what we focused on is praying for what we see prayed for in Scripture. To, to pray that, that we might be bold, bold in our witnessing, bold, bold for Christ, that we might be overwhelmed with his love, uh, uh, to, 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 
to pray that for revival, that we might see that happen, to pray that we might grow in love and unity for one another, to be just like the, the Borg, right, to have that strong connection together. And the third thing we said that we had to do if we're going to reconnect to God is that we need to realize that we can't do that alone. We have to have the body. And we emphasize that over and over again. Now, here's what you may have discovered already that's pretty intuitive. I think you know is that this is not always easy. It's okay and pretty easy for us to start out and, and get into God's word for that first couple days, that first week or two. But then all of a sudden it becomes, oh, I just need to check this off and do it. And you don't take the time for, for God to speak to your heart. You don't take time to make an observation on what is God saying to you. And pretty soon, if you're not careful, it just becomes, well, let me do this to check this box off. And the whole idea of connecting to God is just gone. Same thing with prayer. All of a sudden, prayer becomes again to you just a, just a list to give to God. God, would you please do this and do that? And, and you forget that, that in that prayer time, time of being with God, connected with him, that you're letting God examine your heart. God, what needs to change inside of me? God, help me to rediscover you, Lord, just to be with you. Help me discover all that you have to offer through your, through your love, through your grace, what all you can do for me. And it's real easy for prayer to just begin, dear God, would you please bless him, bless her, do this, do this. Thank you, God, amen, and you're gone. And then the body. Oh, we know how hard that can get because people are weird, right? It's real easy to write it off as, oh, I don't need them. Or just to, that relationship, it just goes. And you don't feel like, boy, I have to have that relationship with other people. It's really easy to write that off, isn't it? They're just strange people. Here's the thing you have to realize. You want to be connected to God? It costs. Okay, it will cost you. You want to be connected to God, you have to rearrange your values, your priorities. That's the tension we see all throughout Scripture. Whenever people were following after Jesus, what did Jesus say to them? You cannot be my disciple unless. You cannot be my disciple unless. You cannot be my disciple unless. Unless you rearrange your priorities, unless you're willing to pay the price, unless you're willing to, 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 have, to, to understand it's going to cost you something. You want to be connected to God? It may be real easy to, to try and do these things for a couple of weeks, but what about making it your life? See, you're going to have to rearrange priorities if you're going to do those three things. Your values are going to have to change. So we have another acrostic today. I don't know why. I'm becoming a pastor who does acrostics all the time, but I'm going through this phase, I guess. So here's our acrostics today order. You're going to have to put things in a different order in your life. Your values are going to have to change. Now, I don't expect you to memorize this is a bulky type of acrostic, okay? But we're going to go through this. The O, obtaining anything significant involves losing something else. It's going to cost you. R, reevaluate what matters most. You've got to decide what's most important in your life. 
With D, do not let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep you from experiencing what means everything. And something just happened. Is it up there? Okay, we're back. E, eliminate. Don't compensate. It's easy to want to compensate things and not eliminate things. And we're going to be talking about these in the next couple of weeks. The one we're going to talk about today is this last one. Revolutionize how you define a win. Your goal in life has to change. Has to be different. How many of you remember this guy? Who knows him? Alaskans. Who is it? It's before Keegan Randall. Who? Yeah, it's Tommy Moe. He learned how to do his ski in Alaska. 15 years old, got invited to be on the U.S. ski team. But while he was training with them, he decided it'd be more fun to sneak out at night and smoke marijuana. Got kicked off the ski team. Came back to Alaska, went to work for his dad. His dad worked construction. So after two months of working 12 to 16 hours a day, his dad turned to him and he said, would you rather keep working construction up here or would you rather be practicing skiing with the ski team in Argentina? He changed his priorities. He changed what he valued in life. So that was in 1986 and 1996, he did win a gold medal. Somebody who was willing to change their priorities. Someone who, who had to reorder their priorities in order to connect to God. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at in scripture, a guy who totally changed what he valued, totally changed his priorities so that he could have that connection to God. And the guy we're going to look at today was probably the man in the Old Testament, Moses. Wrote the first five books of the Bible. Ten Commandments came through Moses. Took the children of Israel out of Egypt, led them to the edge of the promised land. But in order to do that, he had to totally change his priorities, change his value. He had to redefine what he, or revolutionize what he called a win in his life. That had to completely look different. And so we're going to look at what Moses did in order to connect with God. And then I'm going to challenge you to do the same thing in order to connect with God that Moses did. The first thing, be yourself. You want to connect to God? Be yourself. Be the person God made you to be. Don't try and live a life different than what God has made you. Don't try to be somebody else. God made you for a purpose. See, right off the bat, Moses had an identity crisis because he was a Jew who was raised as an Egyptian. So he had to decide, what am I going to live like? You know, is he going to identify as Egyptian? If he would have chose that, life of ease, probably in line to be Pharaoh in, in, a, in a few years. Everything he wanted, everything that comes with the, with, the, with the royalty of Egyptian household, he had it. Or he could choose to identify as who he was as a Jew. In that case, kicked out of the royal household, made to, to live like a slave. He had to make the decision. Was he going to be who God created him to be and live out God's purpose for his life? In order to make that decision, let's read what he did. 
by faith, when he had grown up, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, Refuse is the word you want to write down or circle in your Bible. Refused. What that means is that he refused to live a lie. He could have lived a lie and pretended to, to live it his whole life. I'm part of Pharaoh's household. That was a lie. That's not who he was. That was not God's purpose for his life. That's not who God created him to be. He could have chosen to live that way. And guess what? That's right where our Christian culture is at today. God created you and redeemed you for a purpose. And you want to live like a non-believer? You want to live like the world? Why would you want to do that? Why would we keep straddling the fence? You have to decide, are you going to be yourself, who God created you to be? Or are you going to pretend to be a pagan and live like the world? You have to make that decision. You have to decide. Second thing, accept responsibility for your own life. Here's what we read. And he chose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He chose. He made a choice. He had to do something about it. See, some, all people, a lot of people, they just want to gripe and complain. It's somebody else's fault the way my life is the way it is. They want to blame somebody else. No, you're there because of the choices you made. And at some point, you want to connect with God, you've got to accept responsibility for your own life. You choose. You get to choose. Now, when did Moses make that choice? Let's back up to the prior verse in verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, that's when he made that choice. So you know you're you're a mature person when you decide you're going to accept responsibility for your life. It's a result of your choices. Nobody else can mess up your life but you. Nobody. Satan can't do it. He's not powerful enough. God won't do it because he loves you. Only you can mess up your life. Now, Satan can mess with you. But if you make the right choices when he's messed with you, you're going to come out even better. It's not going to mess up your life. It's going to be better than it was. So the first thing you have to do is be yourself. The second thing you have to do is accept responsibility for your life. The third thing, establish the value system for your life. You have to sell the issue, what's really important, what really matters. Here's what we read about Moses. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward. He considered, that means he, he contemplated, he considered the options, he evaluated the worth. See, what Moses considered was that connecting to God was more important than what all the royalty of Egypt had to offer. What are the values in your life right now? What do you value? See, if you don't determine your values, somebody else will. They'll do it for you. If you don't determine how to use your time, somebody else will do that for you. If you don't determine how to use your money, somebody else will do that for you. And I can tell you where it's going to lean to because it's what the world values. What does the world value? What does the world consider important? Power, possessions, and pleasure. 
Again, Moses had all that wrapped up in being part of the royal family of Egypt. And he turned his back on all that. Who would turn their back on power, possessions, and pleasure? Somebody with different value system. Somebody who had different priorities. Somebody who thought what they want to do more than anything else is connect to God. That's who. See, what Moses did is something that we need to learn how to do if our values are going to change. We have to be willing to say no. Because you can't say yes to everything. That's just compromise. You have to learn how to say no. Because you can't serve two masters, Jesus tells us. If you want to connect to God, that's going to be your value, what, what, what your priority is, what your value is to connect with him. You're going to have to be able to say no. Because it's real easy to say yes to God. When God comes and says, do you want forgiveness? And do you want eternal life? Do, do, do you want... Do you want to be close to me? Do you want joy? Do you want peace in your heart? Yeah, anybody would say yes to that. But in order to say yes to God, you have to say no to other things. That's the problem. People are like a double-minded man, unstable in all their ways. They don't want to say no. If you want to have the values and the priorities that's going to connect you to God, you have to be willing to say no. Now, Moses said no because of three things. First, when Moses decided that God's purpose is more valuable than power. Look at this verse. By faith, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The son of Pharaoh's daughter. Don't you know that was a title that came with a lot of perks? The big man, the pyramids, up and coming yuppie, people bowing down before him. Came with a lot of perks. And yet he said no to that. He said no to that because he wasn't really impressed with himself. He said, I'd rather be connected to God than to have that power and to have that popularity that comes with being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The second thing that enabled Moses to say no is because he decided that people were more valuable than pleasures. Look at this verse. And he chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. See, Moses chose pain over pleasure. Because people were more important. And being the son of Pharaoh's daughter had all the pleasures. Anything he wanted. If he wanted his grapes peeled, they'd peel his grapes. If he wanted warm, they'd warm his grapes. They'd do anything he wanted. But he knew that that doesn't last. See, there's pleasure in sin for a while, isn't it? But after a while, you do reap what you sow. And so what he said is, is, is coming and being a part of God's people, being connected to him with his people is more important than the pleasures. And the third thing that enabled him to say no is this, that God's peace is more valuable than possessions. Look at this verse. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to his reward. You can't buy that peace of mind. You can't buy happiness. Well, let me rephrase that. You can't buy happiness. You can't buy happiness that'll last. Do you even remember what you wanted for Christmas in 2019 that you felt like you had to have? 
Then three weeks, three weeks later, what? It's, it's, it's gone. It's just, you've forgotten about it. You've moved on to something else. See, Moses decided that having what God could give, that, that piece of, of being connected to him was more valuable than possessions. Let me read you this. Found this quote this week. Your happiness is determined by your character. Your character is determined by your choices. Your choices are determined by your values. And your values are determined by your vision. What you have your eyes on. See, Moses got his values right because his vision was right. And that leads us to the fourth thing. You know, for... Uh, the first thing is to be yourself, then to accept responsibility for your own life, and then get your values where they belong. And the fourth thing is this. It's coming up. Okay, we lost the signal back there. Is it lost up here too? Okay, all right. The fourth thing is this. Never take your eyes off the goal. Never take your eyes off the goal. Let's read Romans 11. 26 says this for he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward his perspective wasn't just on the here and now it was on eternity and then we read this the next verse by faith he left Egypt behind not being afraid of the king's anger for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible the word to focus on there was sees Moses Moses went through his life as if he could see God that's how connected he was to him as if he could see him now what we have focused on is five words Okay, let me give you those words. He refused. Remember that one. That's one to circle. He chose. He considered. He saw. And now his fifth one, you're not going to like. He endured or persevered. See, you don't make progress without problems. You have to be willing to endure. So what did Moses endure? He endured 2 million crybabies for 40 years. Gropping and complaining, yeah, 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 back and forth. Never, never getting to the point where they really want to connect with God. They just want to grop and complain. It was all about them. What else did he endure? He endured 80 years to reach his goal. He set out when he was 40 years old to deliver Egypt or deliver Israel out of Egypt. That didn't happen. He didn't get to the promised land until 80 years later. But he endured. Why? Because he was connected to God. You can tell how, how connected somebody is to God and how long they're willing to wait for answered prayer. So, here's the thing. In order to connect with God, it's going to cost you. You have to be willing, first of all, to be yourself. Quit trying to be somebody who you're not. 
You're a child of God. Why would you want to behave like the world? The second thing is take responsibility for your life. You make choices. You can't blame somebody else. Where you're at and your life is a result of choices you have made. You want to connect with God? Be yourself. Take responsibility for your life. And then what are you going to value? What is it that you value? What is it that you're willing to be uncomfortable for? What is it that you're willing to die for? What values, what priorities do you have? And the other thing is this. Set your eyes on heaven. Realize there's more of this life than just this life. Never take your eyes off the goal. See, those are things that Moses had to do to connect with God. Why? Because it's not easy. You've got to make those choices in your life. You have to revolutionize what you see as a win. That has to change. So if we, as a culture, want to connect with God, realize it will cost you. That's why Jesus would say over and over again, unless you're willing to, unless you're willing to, unless you're willing to give up this, give up that, unless you're willing to go here, unless you're willing to turn your back on this, you can't be my disciple. You can't have that connection to me. It costs. So, as a baby, God chose Moses. But then later on, Moses chose God. So if you come to that point in your life where you've chosen God, where you said, God, I'm choosing you. I'm revolutionizing what I see as a win. And my win is to be connected to you. So I want to be who you created me to be. I want to be responsible for the choices I make. I want my values to reflect your values, my priorities to reflect your priorities, and I want to keep my eye on the goal. I want to be living my life as if I'm seeing you the whole time. So, we're in a generation that has to reconnect with God. And I've given you steps to do that. That were pretty intuitive, right? Most of you have been Christians long enough. You could have said that before you heard the first word of any sermon that I preached. Getting to his word, prayer, with the body, fellowshipping together. But there's a difference between knowing that and just knowing those facts and uses those things in order to connect you to God. There's a difference in how you approach them, a difference in how you do them. It changes everything. And just like Moses had to decide some things if he was going to connect with God, you do too, we do too, you do, I do, our culture does. So what are you going to do? It's a choice. 
Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.